again, the reality is we live in a, a painful, difficult world where we have trials and struggles and, and, and problems. And God wants us to look to Him and, and, and to let Him show up and meet our needs. You're listening to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church, Episode 8. We conclude our discussion with Dr. Tom Barbian on his perspective about the issue of desire. In today's episode, we'll talk about how to evaluate professional counseling resources, how to respond to those who feel hopeless in their fight against worldly desires, and the importance of healthy boundaries. I'm Josh Squires, the Minister of Counseling and Congregational Care here at First Pres. Welcome to the 1A a podcast designed to look at how to apply biblical principles in our day-to-day lives. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and those around you. For more information, you can check us out at our website, which is firstprezcolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstprezcolumbia.org forward slash 1A. You'll find all our episodes there, as well as links on how to subscribe. If this is a ministry that you enjoy, we ask that you leave comments for us. As we increase the number of reviews and comments, it becomes easier for others to find our podcast. Speaking of comments, we'd love to receive your feedback by email, tweet, text, or call. We're hoping that our next episode will be dedicated strictly to listener feedback. Today, I welcome back our guest, Dr. Tom Barbian, who is the director of the Christian Counseling Center here in Columbia, South Carolina. He's been with us for nearly 20 years and brings with him over three decades of counseling experience. If you're interested in finding out more about him, or the Counseling Center, you can check out their website, which is christiancounseling.ws. That's christiancounseling.ws, as in website. Now, let's get back to our discussion with Dr. Barbian. If someone is listening to this, and they're trying to get either professional help for themselves or for someone else, and they don't have the sort of relationship like we do with the Christian Counseling Center, uh, a group of counselors that we trust, how would they go about evaluating professional counseling options? Well, one thing that's helpful is to get a recommendation from somebody they trust, like a pastor or some other ministry professional. Um, but I think there's a couple other things you want to look for. One is, is the person have a biblical worldview and a, a mature faith? Uh, secondly, uh, is the person professionally trained um, in psychological counseling? And thirdly, can they integrate both a biblical counseling and a psychological counseling um, method. And, and again, sometimes you can get that information from a referral person, but a, a person shouldn't hesitate to call a counselor and ask them those kinds of questions. Uh, any counselor who is bothered by those questions is probably someone you don't want to see to begin with. So if someone is in the midst of this sort of struggle, they hear us talking and they think, I I may not be at the place where I need professional help, but I am intensely struggling with this particular desire. If it's power, value, whatever, what would be some practical tips that you might give them for how they might combat those sort of worldly desires? Well, um, so let me give you an example of a situation I work with quite commonly, and that is people who are struggling with internet and internet pornography, um, sexual addiction. You know, one of the first things that a person can do is set up some safeguards so that you actually can't get to places that you don't want to get to. And 
as obvious as that sounds, a lot of people are reluctant to put any kind of safeguards on their Internet. So, so use those very practical kinds of boundaries to keep yourself away from the worldly desire instead of just trying to white-knuckle it and do it all on, on your own. Um, again, secondly, take that, that struggle into community. Ask some people to pray and to hold them accountable and to be available with them. Begin to ask yourself, what other deeper desires are there that maybe I need to pay attention to? Or what is it that I'm really trying to accomplish or escape from or numb out from? Those are all good questions to begin asking oneself. Uh, if someone finds themselves hopeless in the midst of their fight against worldly desire, what would you tell them? Well, again, I would uh, I would go back to the question of, are you in this alone or do you have um, people who are helpful who are encouraging you? Um, the second thing I would say is that um, it isn't hopeless. Um, God can, and he works in a lot of different ways, help you gain some victory over this. Um, and the re again, the reality is we live in a, a painful, difficult world where we have trials and struggles and, and, and problems. And God wants us to look to him and, and, and to let him show up and, um, and meet our needs. And, and so I would encourage them to continue to go back to him with that. And that really, we all have to live one day at a time. And hopelessness is rooted in a focus on the future. Is it ever going to get better? Am I ever going to do that? And, you know, all I can do is live today and try and, you know, have some victory over today. Mm -hmm. Last question. If you are someone who is supporting a person who's struggling with desires, uh, a spouse, a parent, any advice that you would give them as they try and encourage somebody in the midst of this? Um, one of the things that I would start with is this idea of healthy boundaries. In mm -hmm. other words, what belongs to me and what belongs to the other person. Um, I'm not responsible for another person's choices, behavior. I may have a responsibility to them. And so if I can get that clear in my mind that I have a responsibility to go to them in truth and in honesty and to tell them what I see, but I can't fix it for them. And when I cross that line and start trying to fix it for them and manage their life for them and they're not managing it, I actually add to the problem as opposed to helping them. Healthy Boundaries. That's one of those issues that gets brought up in counseling on a pretty regular basis. People struggle with this. They don't know if it's even okay for Christians to have boundaries. I think Christians struggle with this specifically because of what Jesus Christ has done for them. Jesus wasn't just responsible to us. That is, he didn't just die and open some door or window, throw us a lifeline and tell us that if we would reach out and grab it, he would save us. Rather, when we were already dead in our trespasses and sins, while we were yet enemies to him, he became life to us. He rescued us. He ransomed us. He redeemed us into everlasting life. And so I think people confuse their role with the role of the Holy Spirit in this regard. And in trying to be like Christ, in trying to be like Jesus to the world around, they often become over-responsible. They take on too much responsibility for a person rather than that which is reasonable and helpful. Dr. Barbian said that we should be responsible to, but not responsible for another person. 
I use that language quite often. But it can be confusing, especially for those who haven't had boundaries modeled for them in their own home or haven't done it well in the past. So let's take an example. Let's say it's your children and their homework. You want to be responsible to them. Help them to make sure that they can get their homework done. This may include reserving a space for them where they get their homework done. It may include asking them if they've gotten their homework done and checking in on them, communicating with their teachers. It may mean giving them resources like pens and paper, staplers, scissors. Uh, It may mean even having to tutor them in certain subjects that they don't understand. But what it does not mean is actually doing their homework for them. Their homework is their responsibility. If they don't do their homework, then there's consequences. They may get a bad grade, and that bad grade may result in them having to do more of what they don't like, chores around the house, or less of what they do like, watching TV, spending time with friends. But you have to let them have the consequences for their mistakes in order for them to learn. Paul's very clear about this. In Thessalonians, he says, let those who do not work not eat. If ever there were consequences for one's actions, it's the lack of food. And yet Paul seems to be perfectly fine with that. Not in a way that's trying to punish or harm, but in a way that ultimately helps people to take responsibility for themselves. Again, this is the distinction of hurt versus harm. That we're not trying to make someone feel punished. We're not trying to be punitive. We're actually trying to build them up. We're trying to have consequences for somebody such that they can learn what it means to be a responsible adult and a responsible believer to the world around. Now, for more information on this, I would recommend uh, Cloud and Townsend's book on boundaries. They've got a whole variety, boundaries, boundaries for kids, boundaries in dating. Uh, I only really have two caveats there. In the first, there are times in which they use scripture And for me, it seems like they're proof texting. They're taking a piece of scripture out of what it normally means as you read it in its chapter, in its paragraph, in its book, to try and build up some argument that they're making. And I think that their arguments are good and fine. Just from general revelation, they don't always need the piece of scripture. So sometimes they proof text. The other caveat is is that in the boundaries work, they will say it's okay to cut somebody off. That is, it's okay if someone continues to invade your boundaries, even though you put them in place, uh, to ultimately tell them that they cannot be in relationship with you. I think you can close a relationship for a duration, let's say six months or 12 months, but with ultimately the ability to come back in and to check in on them and ask them, are you willing for us to have healthy boundaries again? So that you can be a place that is constantly checking in to try and display Christ. That you don't cut them off ultimately and finally, but you are always a door or a window through which they may see the cross. Now let's get back to Dr. Barbie and see what else he has to tell us. Secondly, if I'm going to go to somebody in, in honesty and truth and tell them what I see, I need to be willing to walk through their struggle with them. And so, um, again, being willing to be there, to be part of that transformation process. Uh, And lastly, sometimes I need to be willing to use or to allow logical or natural consequences. I'm reminded of the 
the prodigal son, where that father saw some things in his son that greatly concerned him, but he knew the son wasn't ready to hear it. He had to allow the Mm. logical consequences to have an impact first before he could then work with him on it. That's great. So uh, I hear uh, having healthy boundaries, being responsible to and not for, Mm -hmm. uh, being willing to be there and have presence in the midst of uh, their difficulty, uh, also having good, healthy, natural consequences for their choosing behavior, should it be unhealthy behavior. Yes, all of those are really important. Thank you, Dr. Barbian. I know you're extremely busy for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. You're very welcome. You've been listening to 1A, a counseling ministry of First Presbyterian Church. We encourage you to listen to all of our episodes, which you can find on our webpage, which is firstpresscolumbia.org forward slash 1A. You can also check us out on all your favorite podcast applications, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, then subscribe. Also, don't forget to tell your friends and family about us as well. If you have comments, questions, or an issue that you'd like us to wrestle with, contact us. You can contact us via email at 1A at firstpresscolumbia.org. That's 1A at firstpresscolumbia.org. Or on Twitter at 1A Podcast. That's at 1A Podcast. Or you can call us by phone, 803-281-1795. That's 803-281-1795. We look forward to seeing you next week and hope that this material has helped you to live out the gospel for each other and for the kingdom. Until then, God bless. God bless.